Welcome in, everyone, to Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 45. On this edition, Blake and Taylor will talk the World Series, break down both teams, and pick our individual winners. Major League Soccer playoffs are in full swing. We will talk who's in, who's out, who's going to make a run. Is it going to be the usual suspects, or will one team surprise? We will talk everything as we pick, in the end, who is going to hoist MLS Cup. Our first of the year NCAA football playoff brackets. But we're going to talk something not exactly what you think. We're not going to go by recruiting class, recruiting numbers, but we are going to pick the four teams that we feel are most deserving at this moment in time to chase the NCAA championship, as well as our normal segments of individual team coverage, power rankings, and weekly picks. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 45, begins right now. Yeah. Microphone check. Look. Uh. All we do is go, go, go. Case you didn't know, no, no. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, we on for show. With the host Black and Taylor. You already know they down for whatever. When it comes to sports, there ain't no jokes. Already know that they into, so you better come and tune in. Cause you know what this about. Gonna make you scream and shout with all the nasty news. It's the dynasty, cause you don't know the breaking rules. Telling you what it do's, giving you the insight. And best believe they're doing it right every day and every night. Only question is, yo, is you ready to take flight? Greetings, greetings, and welcome in everybody to Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 45. How's it going, everybody? Blake Plotsky hanging with you here on this Wednesday night, per usual, recording today on October 25th, 2017, and always with me is my partner and co-host, Taylor Johnson. How's it going, Taylor? It is going good. How are you, Ben? Uh, I am good. I started out being able to hear myself in my headphones, and now I can't, so there's that. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Easy as it goes. All right. But I can't do that on the fly now. I can't fix it because here we go. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode 45. Thanks for joining us tonight. Blake and Taylor hanging with you. As always, many ways you can contact us. Skype in, call in. If you have an account, sign in, search for Global Dynasty STR, all lowercase. If you don't have an account, create one and then follow the steps. Global Dynasty STR, all lowercase. Search for us, should pop right up. Call in, be a guest host for a couple of minutes. Talk about something that we have talked about that you just want to get your say in on. Talk about something that we haven't talked about that somehow slipped through the cracks between both of us. Either is all right with us. Email in blakeglobaldynasty at gmail.com. Taylorglobaldynasty at gmail.com. I had to pause there. I thought I screwed that up, but I didn't. Email in, and we will read your email, respond live on the air. Our Facebook, facebook.com slash globaldynastystr, our main hub for everything that we do, all of our episodes, sporting news, interactive bits, 
and a couple of things that we got coming down the pike. I got something really exciting got going on. I'm I'm in probably the second stage of getting this thing figured. Even Taylor doesn't know what it is. But after this episode, Ooh. I just might share it with him. I'm surprised, Taylor, you haven't uh, haven't asked me about that yet, which I, I'm actually grateful for because I wasn't ready to say anything until now. So, but we're not going to do that on the air quite yet. You got a little bit to wait. Taylor, I'll let you know off the air. Just remind me. And lastly... I don't like surprises. You d- All right, so Taylor doesn't like surprises, so he'll know. But you, the fans, are going to have to wait just a little <laughs> bit. I want you guys to be surprised for when I'm ready to post the first bit of it. So you just got to hang in there with me. I'm get everything straightened out and in order. Just got to hang tight with me just a little bit longer. And lastly, our SoundCloud. Our main catalog... All under one roof. Listen at your leisure. 50 plus episodes. I believe at last count, I just looked at this today. I'm forgetting. I believe we're at 52 episodes now. Chronologically, this is episode 45. 45 episodes chronologically in numerical order plus special editions makes 52. I'm probably off by one. Give or take one, I'm going to say. But SoundCloud.com slash Global Dynasty STR. Find all of our episodes all in one place. Listen at your leisure. All you need is an Internet connection. Share us with your family, your friends, your coworkers, or just somebody that you happen to pass on the street. Say that you know this great sporting podcast that you love, and you should check it out too. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Let's build the Global Dynasty together, folks. And with that, let's jump right into it here. I completely spaced on this. Well, actually, no, I didn't space on it because it wasn't announced until after we recorded last Wednesday. I apologize for getting the recording up on Monday. A few too many edits that I had to make. That was on me, but I got it up for you. Go check out episode 44. It's up, ready to listen to. But... The Yankees were still playing the Astros at that time. The Dodgers had advanced to the World Series. The Astros beat the Yankees in Game 7, as heartbreaking as that was, and for other Yankee fans to watch. The Astros are playing the Dodgers in the World Series, as we announced on the Facebook. But Game 1 last night started up the World Series. Los Angeles Dodgers take it 3-1. to Los Angeles Dodgers are up 1-0 on the Astros, and that is where we start our World Series predictions. Now I know. It's already started, but it's a big sporting event. we got to cover it. Taylor, do you want to pick your team first, or should I? You can go ahead. All right. I'm going to roll with the Dodgers in six. Why am I doing that? I was going to say seven. Dodgers in seven. It was going to be the Dodgers regardless. But I was going to go Dodgers in seven until last night. Where the Houston Astros bats just disappeared. They did the disappearing act like a couple of games against the Yankees. 30 at bats, three hits. You gotta be better than that to beat this high-powered Los Angeles Dodgers team. This could possibly be, Taylor, one of the best lineups in the league. And for, for good reason, for how much money that they put into the lineup. Oh, oh, the Yankees spend so much money. No, this team does too. The Yankees have at least $57 million coming off the books as soon as the World Series is over. 
So don't don't uh, don't play that. Homie ain't gonna play that way. But that's not what this is about. The Dodgers have bats for days, and have two starters, Clayton Kershaw and Hugh Darvish, that can take them there. If they take a two-zero lead, the Astros are already in the hole. Now Clayton Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw. Everybody knows what the narrative is. Playoff start. Clayton Kershaw is. Just not what he is in the regular season. It's like a tale of two Kershaws. It's like Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde. If uh, any of our listeners are old enough to remember that show, I wasn't even born then. I'm only 27 years old, but it matters here. In the World Series Game 1, Clayton Kershaw, an ERA of 1 to 9 and 11 strikeouts. But Taylor, even more so than that, Guess how many pitches Kershaw threw? Now, now remember, 11 Ks. So he had to have thrown at least 33 pitches to get 11 strikeouts. How many pitches did he throw? Without looking. 97. 83. Way off. Wow. Exactly. Clayton Kershaw. Nobody expected that. Clayton Kershaw is here to stay. Clayton Kershaw he had, came. He had 11 strikeouts? 11 strikeouts. 33 strikes at least. Let's see. And for exact, he had 57 strikes total. Oh, my. 57 strikes total. 11 Ks. He was on one. Seven innings. Just absolutely Dyson fools. And there went my, uh, went my, uh, hearing in my headphones just suddenly. That kind of threw me off a little bit, but as I keep going, Dallas Keuchel, the ace for the Houston Astros, try as he might, he he lasted six and two innings. Got uh, six hits, so he tried to limit the damage as best he could. Still, though, three runs, three earned, one walk, and only three Ks. Keuchel's got to be better than that. Verlander's pitching tonight. Actually, I believe they're playing right now as we speak. Verlander's got to be what he's been in the postseason. Taylor, before Verlander got traded, when he was talked about being traded, I thought Verlander, I thought he was done. He had an ERA of above four, and all of a sudden in the postseason, he just flipped the switch. He found the, 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 uh, the hidden spring of youth, we'll say. And Verlander's got it, gotta be on his game tonight because, like I said, they can't go down 2-0 to this Dodgers team. They have too much power. Uh, Taylor in center field, who is actually a shortstop by trade. Taylor, Taylor and, uh, and Bellinger, the, uh, first baseman. Taylor, both these guys weren't on the roster opening day. Both of them. And both had amazing years. I mean, and Justin Turner, one of the best third basemen in the game. Yasiel Puig, you know, his personality notwithstanding. Uh, Kike Hernandez, who, who led the Dodgers to the World Series. A great player. Corey Seager. Uh, what, what can't be said, what can't be said about him that hasn't been said? And Taylor, I'll let you handle the Astros and give me your pick. Go ahead. Ah, <sighs> my pick. You know, I think I'm going to take the Dodgers. You picked them in what, six? Correct, six. I'll take them in five. Whoa, Taylor's going for it. All right, man. Why not? Give me your Why reasoning. Not? Go ahead. I got a feeling 
I got a feeling they're going to win tonight. They're playing now. They're going to go up 2-0. Okay. They'll lose one in Houston, and that's it. Probably, I'm guessing, the first one they'll lose in Houston, and that's it. And then they'll shut them down the next two games. I don't have any scientific reasoning. I don't have any this, that, or anything else. It's my gut feeling. That's okay. And after watching them last night, watching Kershaw pitch, like, Honestly, all that guy needs is a one nothing lead, and he's just going to shut everybody else down. He's, a I best, mean, he's arguably the best pitcher in baseball, no question. I wouldn't even argue that. I would say he is the best I'm pitcher. I'm only saying arguably to, you know, like not try and piss somebody off out there. You're, no matter what, you're going to piss somebody off. Uh, yeah, true that. Yeah, make so. everybody happy. Yeah, screw it. All right, so, keep going. I, I, I really wanted, you know, to pick Houston, but... Uh, I just before before you continue on, let me just say real quick. I did not pick, not pick. I did not not double negative. You know, fantastic. Pick Houston because they beat the Yankees. Let me be clear on that. Look at the Dodgers and tell me why I shouldn't pick them. All right, Taylor, continue on. That's just it. I I, I can't look at the Dodgers and tell you why you shouldn't pick them. For everything you listed off, their pitching is phenomenal. Their bats come alive in an instant. They got pretty good defense. I mean, that's that's all you need. They were the hottest team in baseball, which I was I was always leery on. A team that came out red hot and it got. When did they clinch the division? I don't like even three three months <laughs> before me. the postseason started. It seemed like it. You know, and, and that's, that's how well they were playing. And, that's the thing and they too. still at, can continue to play at this level. At one point in July. They had won, they had lost like nine games and they'd won I can't even remember what the it, they hit the record though it was a 40, record, 50 something yeah, I don't something know like what that. it was and they had yeah. nine losses and obviously they hit a speed bump there a little bit toward uh, toward the middle toward the end and the Astros now let's the Astros were not knocking the Astros this is a young team that is prepared to be in contention for years to come. Taylor, for uh, those who don't know, and I'm not sure if you knew this either, uh, two or three years ago, I cannot remember, maybe even further back than that, the main uh, headline on a Sports Illustrated was was the Houston Astros being in the World Series this year. Now, that's something. Again, this team is young. This team is hungry. Now, while we're both not picking them, this Astros team will be in contention. So, Houston, please don't get us wrong. But last night, I know that the Astros can turn on a dime. And tonight, while they're playing, they could possibly, you know, hit hit eight, get eight hits, five runs, even more than that. This Astro team can knock in runs in the blink of an eye, snap of fingers. But last night was not a good sign against Clayton Kershaw or not. I just... It's not a good way to start. Thirty or three for thirty. I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to get it done. And I mean, I I love this Astros team and yeah. the way they're built. And like you, not you too brought much up to that. Hate. I mean, to be no, honest, there's not. And you brought up that Sports Illustrated cover. That was I want to say June of 2014. It was 2014, I remember. And I just happened to see it on Twitter yesterday or the day before. And I vaguely remember seeing this when it came up about how it said why the Houston Astros will win the World Series in 2017. I thought it was crazy. Three years ago, I thought they were nuts because this was that the year they lost like a hundred games. I believe. So. I want to say believe it was. So. 
and now look at where they are. Yep. Like this team is just like you said, they're a young team and they're built. I mean, the whether they win or lose this year, I think they'll be everybody's pick next year to get back there. I can't see why they wouldn't. I've be. got the game cast up on. Uh, I'm staring at the game cast right now. I'd have it on on my monitor here, but uh, I don't know if that's. Uh, it might be too loud to come through. I guess I could mute it and watch it as it goes. But the Astros have one hit through three innings. So again, Oof. they're they're starting out slow again. Uh, let's see. Springer got walked. Uh, Bergman 0 for 1. Altuve 0 for 1. 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 Their hit, their hit came through in the weirdest, in, in the most unlikely of players. Josh Riddick going into the series, into, into the last game with the Yankees in game seven. In that championship series, he was 0 for 27, if I remember right. And then he got that hit against the Yankees and and once again, he's coming up with the hit again. He's the only one with the hit, and in the championship series, he was like 0 for 27. Unreal. I will say for Houston to make this a series and really contend, they need guys to step up. They, they got to win tonight. They have to. But if they have to win tonight. They need some, you know, guys on the bottom of the lineup to step up. But with that, you know, you need the core of your lineup to, st- you know, play at a high level as well. So I mean, okay, you gotta you gotta be on every single game against this Dodgers. And team. nothing against Gomez and Reddick and Gurriel. Gurriel had a career year this year. Nothing against those guys, but they need obviously. I mean, everybody can guess what I'm gonna say. They need Altuve and Correa to hit. That that that's their bread and butter. That's what they need. And right now they're not hitting. We'll keep an eye on it. But Taylor, any uh, other last words for the World Series? Yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Does, uh, El, does Altuve win the MVP? I th- it not being a re- uh, not being a postseason award withstanding. It's, it's a postseason award. I I disagree. <laughs> no, I know how it's looked. I look at it as, as saying it's a regular season award, and Houston just scored one zero hey. Houston. Well then. Eat my words, I guess. Oh, a a lot of baseball to play, but yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bergman just singled, uh, and Reddick scored. Reddick to the, Reddick across the plate, Springer to second. All right, but, uh, as I was saying, it not being a regular season award, if Altuve can lead his team to the world's, you know, to a title and not blow up, Altuve will win over Aaron Judge. I'm going to say it right now. As much as I want Judge to win, being as impartial as I possibly can be without being a homer, Altuve will win the MVP. You heard it here first, folks. All right. Uh, Did you say you had one more thing? No, that was it. Okay. All right. Up next, also starting tonight. Well, technically the World Series started last night, but also tonight. Starting tonight, the MLS Cup playoffs. Now, Taylor, I know Taylor's not a huge soccer guy. He actually told me his champion. Taylor, do you want to pull up <laughs> matchups and break this down with me, or is that all me? Hold on, hold on. Is the team that I told you, are they even in it? Yes, they're number one seed oh. in the West. Oh, they are? Number one oh. seed in the West. Then I'm sticking with them. All right, all right. Let me pull up the playoffs. So. All right, all right. 
I like literally just ran through the playoffs like uh, about 20 minutes before uh, we got in connection with each other on Skype here. I was asked a couple of weeks ago, I said, they said, uh, they said, you know, uh, my nickname, everybody calls me B-Lake. And they're like, hey, B-Lake, you know, who's, who's winning the MLS Cup? And I said, the playoffs aren't even set yet. How could I possibly, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, give me a week and a half to get things set. Uh, cause they're, and they're like, well, what are the top teams are in there, right? And I'm like, yeah, but the MLS playoffs, that's one thing. There's so much purity in, in MLS that anybody can win. I mean, look at Chicago Fire in 1998. When they were an expansion team, they won the cup. They won not only the cup, but they won the supporter shield. For those who don't know, the supporter shield is, uh, awarded to the team with the most points in the league table at the end of the season. They won both as an expansion team. So don't tell me that anybody can't win. Oh, the number one seeds are... Shut up. Sorry, Taylor. Go ahead. Looking at this bracket, where's Minnesota? Minnesota is not... not, No, they they just miss it? Just miss it. I have no idea. You're trying to antagonize me? I, I can't tell. It sounds like you're were, being sarcastic. Are they a point off? Oh, they miss it by a point? Uh, I, actually, up. toward the end, we won a couple of games. We were actually closer than people expect. I think we were maybe six off, like the very last bottom spot. We were six off, I think, give or take a couple. Next year is their year. When do they move into their new stadium? Is that next year? Uh, no. I was I was after? asked that from the same person that asked me about the playoffs. I believe oh. mid the start of two thousand nine or mid two thousand nine is two thousand nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Hello, Holy time machine. Crap. Hello. Would have been oh, great crap. if we were in MLS way back when. Uh no. But yes. Start of 2019 or mid-2019 at the latest right now is where we're looking at. That's when they win the cup. That's when they win the whole thing, I'm oh, saying. Oh, gee. Uh, don't, don't put that voodoo on me. You know how I feel about this team, how much I, how big a supporter I am. Don't you do it. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, let's see here. I got my bracket right here. All right, let's go. Let's go with it. All right, San Jose, San Jose, hello. San Jose, San, the new team, San Jose, San, not to be confused with their brother San Jose. Derpy Derp, San Jose Earthquakes, who actually sneaked into the playoffs on the final match day against two Minnesota United. It's kind of oh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how that happened. Funny enough, so it was tied up two to two, right, going into the final minutes. There was uh, five and change left, so five minutes and uh, stoppage time. Uh, we're we're uh, San Jose's attacking in our box. Uh, Chris Wondolowski, MLS legend, uh, in the box gets shoved in the back by a Minnesota United player. And again, for how big of a sports fan I am, for any of my teams, I'm objective. One of our guys gave him a shove, a forearm shiver in the back. Wondolowski went down. The referee looked the other way. That's a penalty in any situation. And boy, did we get away with one. So it's so it's 2-2. So Minnesota's trying to keep possession going back and forth. In the end, at the death, which is what is called what is called in soccer for scoring right at the end of the game, 
San Jose pings one into the net, onto the playoffs at the absolute last second at the death. San Jose wins 3-2. to two. They advance to the playoffs against the Vancouver Whitecaps. The Vancouver Whitecaps also sinked into the playoffs. People don't expect or don't see Vancouver as this attacking team, and neither do I. But that's not the important thing. Vancouver is very balanced. That's the word I'm looking for. And what do I mean by that? In goal scorers and guys that are providing the service. The service is a word for an assist or passing the ball to possibly provide an assist on a goal. Toward goals and assists, both are evened out with both players that score goals and assists. Now the high for the team is only about eight, nine goals, but also for assists, it's also eight or nine assists, and it's downward from there. Everybody gets in on the action. San Jose, they're a young-ish team, but I don't see them going that far. Vancouver advances. Next, Houston versus Sporting KC. Houston, not really that great of a team this year. They started out hot, fizzled toward the middle. I don't see too much from Houston. I Their defense is actually better than people give them credit for, but this is Sporting Kansas City. This is Peter Vermes. Some people say Peter Vermes may actually be the next coach for the men's national team, but Vermes says, when asked about it, he says, I have a team, and that's the end of it. But Sporting Kansas City has a way about them. They have a way to overcome adversity. They have a way to just overcome the odds. And Peter Vermes, with the team that he's got now, Sporting Kansas City has five total trophies total in MLS Cups and U.S. Open Cups to their credit. Three of those five have come under Peter Vermes' watch. Sporting Kansas City over Houston. Up next, New York Red Bulls. Versus Chicago. Chicago is the surprise of the year. Last year, Taylor, where were they? They were dead last. Dead last. I knew that answer. They they were dead last in the table. They made the playoffs this year. They are the surprise and the story of the year. They have Nikola Nikolic, player who was playing in, I believe, the Hungarian League, I want to say. He was a goal-scoring machine. He brings that goal-scoring aptitude to MLS. I believe he actually won the golden boot, I believe, at the very last moment. It looked like Diego Valeri was going to snatch it from him at the last second, but I think he won by a couple of goals. I don't have it up in front of me. I apologize. This team is is going to be good, possibly for the foreseeable future, without any turnover or people coming in with bids for players and Chicago not hanging on. But the defense is young, the defense is skilled, but they do have, excuse me, New York Red Bulls do have the assist leader for the year, Sasha Kleschen on the team, some very good attacking talent. I see the Red Bulls pulling this one out, Chicago's, Brilliant, amazing story will end. New York Red Bulls take it. Lastly, for the opening round, your expansion team, Atlanta United versus the Columbus Crew. The Columbus Crew have their own problems, not only on the field, but off the field of possibly the crew being moved to to Austin, Texas. Excuse me, I almost said Atlanta. They, they have a team. Hello. Austin, Texas. 
Everybody should know how I feel about this. If you are an MLS fan for any length of time, look back. Columbus Crew was one of the original six. They're one of the original teams. Fight this tooth and nail. Write the owner. Call the owner. Call the team. Say, do not move the crew. No matter what. I don't care what their reasonings are. You don't move an original. Taylor, do you agree or disagree? Um, Come on now. Your, your hesitation um, is irritating me already. Didn't they... Um, uh, didn't they move a Baltimore team, NFL team, in the middle of the night once? Is Baltimore one of the originals? Ah, uh, they're an old one. True, but it—that's not the question that I asked. Ah, <laughs> uh, they get more money in Austin, wouldn't they? And this is the thing: this is not a middle of the night. That would piss me off to a whole new level. <laughs> but this is being announced. And saying, and, uh, and, and press court, or whatever the hell his name is, not to disrespect the man, but he says, he says if he doesn't get the stadium he wants from Columbus, he's moving the team. Ooh, this sounds like some NFL it's stuff, It's as simple though. as that. Ooh. He says, if I don't get the stadium I want, and that's the thing, what is wrong with the crew stadium? What is wrong Bam, with it? It's There's old. nothing wrong with it. The Cruz Stadium in Columbus is a U.S. men's national team hellhole, and a hellhole for the other teams in a good way. We have lost one game this in the last two decades. We have lost one game in that stadium since 2000. Do not just let it rot and just... Just let it go into the wind only for ML, for MLS, excuse me, for U.S. Men's National World Cup qualifying games. Don't do it. I'm sorry, I'm go- going off a little bit here. Point is, is that Columbus, they're good. They're just, I don't see it. They lost Ethan Finley. They were misusing Ethan Finley, traded him to Minnesota United, and Ethan Finley. Real, real quick. His, yeah, go for it. Ethan Finley is from Marshfield, Wisconsin, where I currently reside. Ethan Just Finley that in is from Wisconsin. Yes, you're correct. He is one hell of a soccer player. He is good. He Everybody thought that his big year two years ago was a fluke because of this year. They said he doesn't have it. He He's, he's a flash in the pan. He's a one-hit wonder. And as soon as he changed the scenery and was playing in his natural position, he came alive. That said, I just don't see it. Frederico Iguain looks uninterested. Frederico Iguain, the Argentine, is the best player they have, and he doesn't look interested. He's already said he's looking elsewhere next year for a team. That is not good, especially before the playoffs. Keep your mouth shut beforehand and don't piss off your fans. Atlanta is is amazing hot right now. The expansion team, I don't care they're an expansion team. They look like a Chicago team from 1998. They're going on all cylinders. And Miguel Amirion is an amazing player. Not just a winger, he possibly plays as a number 10. And and uh, Martinez, the striker up top, I can't remember how to pronounce his first name, finally found his form. The defense is really good. Atlanta will advance. And I think that they actually might punish the crew and add insult to injury for crew fans. Columbus crew fans, I feel your pain. I feel something bad coming. I'm sorry. 
Taylor, do you want to go through your picks for round one? <laughs> sure. I'll take uh I'll take Vancouver. Okay. Uh Kansas City. Okay. Chicago and Chicago. Atlanta. All right. Okay, fair enough. All right. I don't know. Why not? All right, no, that, that that's fair. All right, so Port sorry, Portland next round gets the first round bye. Portland being the number one seed will play the lowest seed from the Western Conference. The White Caps will play the highest seed being the lower seed. Uh, or wait, no, no, no. Being the lower, no. Gotta Start look. over. The Wait, Taylor has his, I can't, I, all right, well, I I'm not going to pull it up now because going back would take me too much time. So the Sounders. All right, yes. All right, so Portland being the number one seed would play Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City is good, but they're not great this year. They're not, and they won the U.S. Open Cup. They, they win when they have to. They won the Open Cup this year, surprisingly enough. But Portland, while I'm not enamored with their defense, I'm not. I'm not married to it. I don't like it too much. I know that some people may disagree and may scream at me for it, but it is what it is. I don't like it. They're not as good as they could be. That said, they have a possible MLS MVP in Diego Valeri, and this man can win on his own. Thank God he doesn't have to. He has Fernando Adi up top. He has Darlington Nagby, the U.S. men's national team wonder kid on the left side. He has Diego Chara in the middle. Diego Chara is a smaller dude, but man, he can be a wrecking ball when he wants to. Possibly a red card waiting to ha- or waiting, yes, waiting to happen. But you know what? You gotta want that, that fire and that just mean dog in some of your players. You know what I'm saying? Portland will advance over Sporting Kansas City. The Whitecaps will keep it rolling. Against the Sounders. I've seen another MLS Cup preview so many times of this expert and that expert picking Sounders and, and Toronto, Sounders and Toronto, Sounders and Toronto. Thanks for giving us the, the MLS final from last year. I'm not buying it. Their defense isn't as great as it should be. Xavi Alonso, Xavi Alonso has been, I mean, where's he been? Has he been hurt and I just haven't realized it? I haven't heard his name too much. They do have Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey up top. Clint Dempsey is in the twilight of his career. But it seems Clint Dempsey seems to rise up and play a little bit better with his club team versus how he's been playing with the U.S. men's national team, surprisingly enough. But still, that said, I think the Whitecaps are on a roll. The Whitecaps will advance over the Seattle Sounders. Other side. Toronto versus New York Red Bulls. Toronto broke so many records this year. One of the big records that they broke, most points in a league table ever. In the entire history of MLS going back to 1996, the most points ever. This Toronto team is dangerous. They will handle New York, New York might give them problems, but I see them handling them, maybe not easily, but they will win. Toronto will win. Taylor, go ahead. Uh, for no, well, I'll just go Portland, Seattle in the West, Toronto, Atlanta in the East. 
Uh, yes, I forgot. I, I forgot because I had to move that down. I ran out of space here. I have NYCFC taking down the hotshot expansion team Atlanta. I think that with Diego Valeri's leadership, Diego Valeri of Portland, hello, <laughs> David Villa, his leadership will be key in this as long as as NYCFC plays their game and gets David Villa the ball, I think he can decimate Atlanta's defense and take them down. NYCFC will advance. Actually, i got to redo mine because I realize I screwed up with the seedings. So, give me Toronto and Chicago. Okay. On to the conference finals. Vancouver Whitecaps versus New York City FC. The team that snuck into the playoffs, Vancouver Whitecaps, their dream run will end. This New York team is scary. And why do I say that? Their defense is okay. Their back line's okay. Their goalkeeper, I mean, they're, they're both okay still. It's that midfield and that strike partnership up top that's scary. They have some young kids in that midfield that have definitely surprised some people, and even more so in the defense, that they've had absolutely come alive and take playing time away from other people, and that will be the difference. NYCFC, I see this game as being a possible slaughter, more so than anything. Let's see here. Next, uh, Eastern Conference, Toronto. Wait, no, hold on a second. Hold on. I screwed this up all of a sudden. Wait, wait. No. Where did I go wrong here? White can't. Taylor, give me the, where are we at? So who do you got in the Western Finals? The Western Finals, I have, okay, hold on a second. Red Bull, Red Bull Advance, Toronto beats them. Western Finals, I have, oh, I screwed up my seedings. Okay, that's where I screwed up. The damn seedings. I all of a sudden don't have it up all of a sudden. Just uh, hit me with uh, the teams real quick, just all of them. All of them? On the west, we got Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, San Jose, Houston, Kansas City. In the east, Toronto, New York, Chicago, New York Red Bulls, Atlanta, Columbus. Okay, Atlanta, Red Bull, Sporting, Vancouver, is, is there only four matchups? In the knockout round? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, then that's where I screwed up. Okay, so. Okay, Toronto over Red Bull. Sounders. Portland over Sporting. Portland. Oh, oh, that's where I screwed up. Okay. Port. All right, Whitecaps over Portland. Whitecaps will keep their... Dream run alive, and like I said, NYCFC will take down Atlanta, as I said. Okay, well then that leaves... Oh, okay, all right, I got it, all right. 
Toronto and NYCFC. Okay, that's where I screwed it up. NYCFC will take down Toronto. Okay, Taylor, go ahead. I apologize, everybody. There we go. This is, uh, my paper is so jumbled up, I apologize sincerely. Now I forgot where I was at. So my Western Conference finals will be Portland, Seattle. And the East I have, put that one there, carry the one, Toronto and Chicago in my Eastern Conference finals. All right. Yes. Who do you have advancing to the final? Well, simply because my brother is a huge soccer fan who has lived in Portland for uh, the past 10 years, maybe, has been a Portland Timbers since they first came about. Okay. And I know all about the history of Portland and Seattle. I am going to take Portland in the West and Toronto in the East. My final will be the NYCFC and the surprise Vancouver Whitecaps. Vancouver Whitecaps' dream run will end here. As I said, Diego, Diego, I did the Diego Valeri again. David Villa, hello. David Villa up top is an animal. Yes, he's 35, but his legs seem to work like he's 25. He seems to he seems to take off 10 years on his legs. He, he's he's ageless. It seems he keeps scoring and keeps scoring. And again, these midfielders are scary. Kyrie Shelton up top with him. Ring. Jack Harrison. I had my NYC players up top, uh, or here, I all of a sudden lost it. Wow, this is terrible radio. I apologize. And they've got, uh, all right, I'm going to start us back up here. Three, two, one. I mean, and everybody, let's look at NYCFC for a second, shall we? Obviously, we have David Villa up top. Like I, you know, his legs seem to get younger as he goes because he continues to score goals. Up top, he's got Kyrie Shelton next to him. Actually, I believe it actually might be Jonathan Lewis. Jonathan Lewis is a 20-year-old surprise, an absolute surprise this year, who's been getting a lot of good goals along with David Villa because when you're playing next to David Villa, you're going to get your opportunities. Having Maxi Morales, having... Alexander Ring, who is an amazing midfielder. If you've never watched him, watch these playoffs and watch him work. Defenders and James Sands, who uh, recently lost in the U-27, U-17 World Cup, excuse me, so I don't know if he's going to be back able to play. Ben Sweat, that's the name I was looking for. Ben Sweat, who also came on like Jonathan Lewis, but as a defender who bumped one of their main defenders out of the lineup because he's been playing so well. Having a young guy like him, a guy who's never really played too much in a starting role, well, he's going to have to now. And if they make it to the MLS Cup, he's going to have to be composed. He's going to have to be focused. 
and he's going to have to just stand next to his brothers and say, you know what, I got my man, I got my marker, let's do this. Also, Mikey Lopez in the middle, Yangel Herrera, who was another young guy, a young club product, who was also another surprise. My point is, along with Jack Harrison, Jack Harrison is one of the top midfielders in the league. Point is, this team, everywhere you go, they have players that make this engine work. And they're young, and they're scary, and they can score. The Whitecaps do not have the firepower that NYCFC has. They do not have the defense. That game might get out of hand real, real fast. NYCFC are your 2017 MLS Cup champions. Taylor, go ahead. For reasons I said before, simply because my brother lives in Portland, you know what? I'm just going with the Timbers. Caleb Porter gets another MLS Cup. Why not? Why not? You ever I, watch a Timber I, game? They're I fun. watch Caleb Porter. I love the guy. I've followed him ever since he was coaching at Akron. I, I love Caleb Porter. He would actually be one of my uh, MLS – or MLS – I keep doing that. U.S. men's national team – uh, coaching choices. Cause, you know, if you want a young guy that can be around a lot, that's a motivator, that knows how to win at every single level, college and MLS, as he's shown with his, I believe it's four NCAA national championships and his one MLS cup championship, it's Caleb Porter. You have Diego Valeri. As I said, he got thrown to Nagby, Diego Chara. The defense, while, again, I'm not married to it, I will give them credit to say that they possibly could hold, could bend, not break. And their goalkeeper, I don't really, he's not, he doesn't enamor me too much. But like I said, with Porter, with how he motivates, he can get them to win if they get that far. So definitely there's nothing wrong with the Portland choice. They're, they're the number one seed for a reason. Just me being a soccer guy and and knowing MLS inside and out like I do, I just I'm gonna read too much into it, so I'm not gonna do it. So Taylor's going with Portland, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Timbers right, Army. Timbers Army. That's all I gotta say. All right, everybody. Taylor has Portland. I have NYCFC. Moving on to something that I brought up to Taylor because I realize we don't talk about this enough, and this is Taylor's wheelhouse, so this is mainly going to be Taylor going for this. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk a little college football. What we're going to do is we're going to give our four-team playoff. But instead of going by recruiting ranks or anything else that what you see on, say, an ESPN or a Fox Sports 1. We're going to do something a little different here on Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. We are going to give you who we think are most deserving. Now, I was talking to Taylor before we started recording. I said, I said, man, mine is going to be bland and boring. I researched this for maybe two hours last night. I pulled everything up. It was maybe 3 in the morning, and I just started going going through it. Every team that I thought could make the playoff, and I came up with what I came up with, and I feel bad about it. I am sorry. I'm going to apologize right now. 
Taylor, since this is your thing, I will go with mine real quick. I will go first and then let you have at it. And please dissect my choices and just, just get it. Don't try it. I will. All right. All right. Thank you. I, I, was, I was hoping you would do that. Okay. Do you want me to go four to one and then go four to one? Cause okay, I'm pretty sure I know who four. your one is. And if it's not right, who so I think it one, is, wow. Or I was going to say, do you want me to go with my considerations for a playoff spot first? Oh, right, so like right, your honorable mentions. teams that I mentioned beforehand. Sure. Okay. Sure. And I told Taylor before we started recording, I said, I may have a surprise or two for you. Now, when I was looking through this last night, again, look, researched it for two hours, looked through everything, I tried to pick a one-loss team. I wanted to pick one team that could possibly make this work. Now, again, I know how college football works, and I know that a one-loss team being in the playoff is a is a Hail Mary, but that's what I wanted to do. My one wow. one-loss team wow. is Notre Dame. Now, Oof. again, I admit... I'm not the biggest college football guy. I will admit also that in past years, I've watched more college football this year than I ever have. I'm getting into the sport. I I was staunch against it. I don't know why. There was something about it that I just couldn't grasp. And all of a sudden this year, I started watching more games, so I'm getting there. That's why this is Taylor's thing. My number one consideration, honorable mention, as, as it were, is... Taylor's Wisconsin Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, you sh- going right, with, their, with what their schedule is. Oh. Now again, I I tried. Now again, I know what Taylor's going to do. I tried to get them into this playoff. Now I'm not saying they can't get there. I'm saying that they're right there. You know that I'm I'm basically saying that now again Notre Dame is different because they have one loss and that's way different to putting them in there. With Wisconsin, I will say that this is interchangeable, is what I'm saying, because they currently are undefeated. So I will put that caveat in there that you could interchange them with one of these teams, toss one out, and throw Wisconsin in there, and I'd be okay with that. That's what I want to make clear. Does that help your uh, Wisconsin blood? I will I will say one thing. I will say I can't I... – <sighs> I, as much as I want to argue with your reasoning with Wisconsin, okay. I can't because they are right there. It all depends on how this whole, and I'll get to it. It, it depends on how Saturday shakes out. It's going to depend on how the rest of the Big Ten shakes out, and it's definitely going to depend because, honestly, it's Wisconsin and everybody else in the West and then you got a dogfight with Penn State and Ohio State in the East. So it all depends on who Wisconsin is going to be playing in that Big Ten championship. And Wisconsin, they have to win. They win, I think they're it. I've seen crazier things happen before. Look at last year when Penn State won and Ohio State leapfrogged them. And Penn State was on the outside yep. looking in. And it's not... It's not out of the realm of possibility for a one-loss team to make the top four to make the playoffs. I think Notre Dame has a great shot. There's other teams like Clemson, a tough loss to Syracuse, yes, but it right. is what it is. So, I mean, there's a couple one-loss teams that are that are 
right there. It all depends if they can get some upsets. Right, now, they'll be right I in that mix. I will go through my four to one. I will not go into the rosters like I normally would because I just I'm not in that in depth. I'll leave that to Taylor and let him just and let him analyze my picks. As boring as this is going to be, I'm just going to throw it out there. Basically, I'll go four to one, and I'm just I'm already laughing. TCU Horn Frogs, Georgia, <laughs> Penn State, and Alabama. Oh. And all right, well, that's about as that's about as how I now now again take the I easy tried. Way I looked at it. For, I studied it. I went schedule, and I said, okay, you have this ranked team. They were ranked right here when they beat them. I did all of that. I threw it all in there, and that's what I came up with. I swear to God, I I racked my brain, and I about gave myself an aneurysm doing this thing, which probably isn't a good thing because, like we said last week, then Taylor has to produce, and we know that he doesn't want to do that. I can figure it out. With I can figure it out. I don't know how it's going to sound. With Georgia, I mean, did anybody really expect them to be here? I mean, and that's really what puts them in there for me. It's simply that I didn't hear anything about Georgia being where they are right now, and that matters. And that's why they're in my playoff currently as it stands. You know, again, take TCU out, flip it with Wisconsin. Again, if they... Stay undefeated, win the Big Ten Championship. I'm cool with that. No, totally fine. Penn State, one of the games that I watched was, I didn't get to watch the entire thing, but that Michigan-Penn State game, Penn State handled them. I mean, Penn State is the team that I actually probably would pick to win the national title this year. Penn State is on another level. Alabama, what can be said that hasn't been said, but I'm going to try. It's a Nick Saban team. I know we're not doing recruiting, but Nick Saban, he's the best recruiter. His offense works. I don't know how well it works. I mean, again, I'll let Taylor handle that. The defense, Nick Saban is a defensive mastermind, even though he's he's more of a – He's a defensive backs coach more than anything, even though he's overall defense. Am I right in that? Okay. Absolutely. And, and I know that Nick Saban's defense, uh, defensive backs, uh, the safeties and cornerbacks can be a little shaky here and there, but he gets it done. Nick Saban, kind of like T- Caleb Porter in our MLS playoff talk, knows how to win, knows how to motivate, and knows how to win. Alabama's my number one. Though, if that's how it shakes out, I got, I'm going to say Penn State wins your national championship. Mm. All right, Taylor, now I will let you analyze my teams and then go into yours. Go ahead. This is your, this is your thing. Floor is yours. I, I laugh at yours, but at the same time, I had pretty much the exact same thing at one okay. point. And while I was trying to go through this, I was trying to shake things up. And so then the light bulb went off in the head when we were talking before the show how yours was bland. Well, I can't have my bland. We can't have two bland ones. That's not, that doesn't make for good radio or discussion, does it? Now to go off your Notre, Notre Dame right now is like the hottest team because all, everybody's in love with them. 
They come off a huge win against USC. I think if they were undefeated, they would be in the top four. They have one loss. They can't afford another one. Oh, no. If they, if they get a second with, loss, they're done. Absolutely done. Yeah. and But they have to really, like, impress people because they don't have a conference championship to play in. Right. The one right. downfall of being, yep, the one downfall of being an independent. With that being said, they can get a, they can get away with the name Notre Dame just alone, which I that's a discussion for another time. Before the but show, I mean, it, there's the, we'll just say this: it drives Taylor crazy. All right, go ahead. And there's a couple of teams like you know your Miami Hurricanes that they're still winning. You know, there's they're still undefeated. And there's a reason why they're undefeated, you know, and a lot of people want to say, oh, I'm not saying this is true with Miami, but a lot of people want to say, oh, the schedule that so-and-so, I'll give an example, Wisconsin, because everybody wants to knock Wisconsin. The schedule they're playing is so easy, blah, 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 blah. Well, they play the teams that they get scheduled. They can only really control their non-conference schedule, which is down this year. But if you look like a team like Clemson, you can say the same thing, and they lost to Syracuse. So, I mean, if if you want to make that argument, any team can lose at any time unless they're playing Alabama because Alabama just seems like they're going to run the table. But I can't really – I as much as, you know, I want to laugh and make fun of you, I can't, I can't because that's about what I had in mind. And with your Georgia, and I didn't expect this. I thought Georgia would be a top 25 team. I didn't think they would even sniff the playoffs, let alone be in the heart of it right now. So, But I will say there was at one point where I had two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams in there, and I, I didn't feel right with that. So I kind of took an easy way out, and I got one team from uh, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Uh, number four, I'm going with Clemson. One-loss team, I understand, but I think they are going to be the best one-loss team when it's all said and done. Um, I, I do believe Georgia will have one loss, and that will be in the SEC championship game. They might lose against Florida this weekend. If not, they run the table and run into Alabama and lose. And apparently, in my rankings, two teams are going to leapfrog them. Whatever it is what it is. Number three, I got Wisconsin. I think this is their year. Like I brought up earlier, it's really going to depend. Penn State plays Ohio State on Saturday. That is a huge game. Penn State wins. That knocks Ohio State out of the discussion. Absolutely. And gives them two losses. If Ohio State wins, that makes things very interesting because those are the two teams. One of those two teams are coming out of the East. And how the rest of it shakes out is going to depend what team is going to be playing Wisconsin. So I say Wisconsin in this spot because I think Ohio State will beat Penn State, and I'm saying Wisconsin beats one of those two teams in the Big Ten championship game, giving that team two losses. Wisconsin undefeated, second place in the East, one loss. I don't think it will be good enough to leapfrog Wisconsin. That is why I have Wisconsin at number three. Far-fetched, yes. I've seen crazier things happen. Number two, I have TCU, by far the best team in the Big 12. 
At one point, it was Oklahoma State. They seemed like they were going to run away with it. They had a hiccup or two. I'm going with TCU. Oklahoma is also in the mix. They they beat Ohio they State. They started strong. I do um, know they that. kind of Oklahoma. faltered as well. They started very strong. Baker Mayfield yep. was a big Heisman candidate. I think uh, uh, the kid from Penn State, Saquon Barkley, is going to win that one because he agree. is just phenomenal. He, before you continue on, he absolutely decimated Michigan on Saturday or Sunday, whenever that was. He, I've heard some Wisconsin fans say, well, how come Jonathan Taylor isn't in the Heisman discussion? Jonathan Taylor doesn't have one reception on the season. Is he playing well as a true freshman? Absolutely. But Barkley can do it all. He can run. He can catch. He's explosive. He's a human highlight reel. Barring something unforeseen, I think he runs Before away with the Before you continue on, if I may ask, you brought up Taylor, who, who's a Wisconsin yeah, words, Wisconsin Badger. Is the reason he doesn't have a reception, Is are they just not throwing to him, or is he just not that good with his hands as far as catching the ball? You know, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I, I think it's more of they're not throwing it to him. He's not in, you know, they're not looking to incorporate him into the passing game. Um, I know he's had issues with fumbling uh, as far as catching the ball. I, that I'm, I really haven't seen. Right, but, but if that's, um, e- I, I just if that's think even they a look discussion at- point that you just brought up, I think that that might be the main catalyst. Again, I don't know, and you would know yep. more than anyone that I would trust with the information, but I would think that that would be a main point. Go ahead. I do, I do remember, um, I believe, I want to say it was Melvin Gordon, maybe it was Corey Clement, but I want to say it was Melvin Gordon. His biggest knock was he couldn't catch the football. And when he came back for his senior year, he made it a point, well, I'm going to catch the football in the backfield, and he did. Um, I want to say it was him. I could be wrong. It could be Clement, but I'm pretty sure it was Gordon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is Barkley's race to lose pretty much, so I'll just you know leave it at that. Number one is Alabama, best team in the country. Um, you know, you can talk all you want about their offense, but their defense – I want to say, in the NFL, I think they have more talent on defense playing in the NFL than they do on offense. Okay. But barring a couple running backs and a tight end, whatever. But I want to say their talent is more on defense. And I think Nick Saban prides himself on that defense. And I don't see a team that can stop Alabama. I just don't. I I. I would love to see Alabama lose because they're like, to me, the New York Yankees of college football. <laughs> the, you know, the New England Patriots, if you will, of college football. But You want to see someone <sighs> new. That, that's what you're saying. And it was nice to right. see Clemson last year. It was now, nice now to they see beat them. Alabama but this last year, year, yes? Uh, okay, all yep, right. They did. But, like, this year, I mean... I can't honestly say that Wisconsin's going to be could even run with Alabama. I would like. I mean, if things work out, maybe Penn State. I don't know. Uh, Penn State Alabama would be a game I would pay good money to and go let see. Let it be and let it be known. So we'll being see. from Wisconsin, Taylor is diehard, bleeds red and white. Okay, like Taylor is Wisconsin through and through. So he's being completely impartial. People who would even question his objectivity 
I might I might fly out to wherever you are and smack you myself because that's that's ridiculous. What he just so, said should amaze anybody. Not that anybody can question Taylor's objectivity at all. In, in regardless, I, I will say I will call myself a homer for putting Wisconsin in there, but I just I. I just wanted to. Well, I mean, well it's not? like you said with I, mine. You know, I have them. And again, me getting into college football now, even I looked at it. You know, looked at stats, looked at schedule. Even I have them right there. And as I said before, I even started. I said you could flip them for one of the four teams, and I, I, I would not complain. So even, exactly. even me seeing exactly. that is enough to say, you know, you saying. You know, you don't see Wisconsin beating Alabama as much as you would love that. You want that national championship, of course. Like anybody for their favorite team wants their league's title. But you saying that, that Wisconsin, you don't even think that they're going to do it, you know what, that, that takes a lot of guts because a lot of people who do this kind of thing, you know, whether they do it seriously like we do or for fun or whatever, they're homers all the way where we – we try, well, we try to be as objective as possible, and that might be some of the most objective analysis that we've ever had, my friend. Well, I mean, Wisconsin's defense, yeah, it's one of the best, but, I mean, if you look at the rankings, it, as, as much as people see Wisconsin up there year after year, the other school you see up there is Alabama, and I think that surprises a lot of people because that offense gets so much attention. Uh, especially with when Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator, it was it's a high powered offense at times, but it's this defense that I mean is just phenomenal, and I mean it, the defense does so much. This offense can just score. Sometimes it seems like at will if they want to. And I remember two three years ago when Wisconsin played Alabama to start the season, we hung with the Tide for about a quarter and a half, maybe a half, but. Saban is just a genius coming out of that halftime, making those adjustments, and Alabama just ran away with it. There's nothing we could do on defense to stop them, and we couldn't do enough on offense to get anything going, especially a coveted run game. It would be a, it would take a lot to get that you know to get going. So I mean, it's right now it's it seems like it's kind of Alabama and everybody else. So. Well, we'll see if somebody can knock off, knock him off the throne, but I'm not seeing it right now. All right, and there is your NCAA. Uh, I think we're past the midway point in college football. So, well, yeah, definitely past the midway point. Like I said, I apologize for not bringing that to the forefront sooner, but there is our playoff preview. We will talk more college football playoffs as we get closer, but Taylor picks Alabama, albeit begrudgingly, as he hates it. I have Penn State as your national champion. All right, and before we move on to our individual team coverage for the NFL, want to give a quick World Series update. The Houston Astros, as we, as we said in the beginning when we were talking the World Series, the Houston Astros uh, got that one run, 1-0. It is currently still 1-0, bottom of the fifth. The Astros had three hits, one run, as I said, 1-0 over the Dodgers. Taylor, the Dodgers have zero hits. Zero. Ooh. Nothing. Zilch. Who's, pi- who's pitching for Ver- Houston? Er, Verlander. 
Turning back the clock again. He keeps going. Man. Verlander, right. 4.2 innings, 5 Ks, only one walk. So my Dodgers in five does not yeah, look good don't, right don't now. Yeah, don't say that. It like you said, horrible. Verlander, we were talking before. We were oh. talking before. We said if they're going to win the one game, Verlander's going to be it because of Verlander's uh, resurgence as a pitcher. So technically, we called them winning tonight anyway. So, I mean, we're right on the money regardless. I'm, 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 just, I'm just trying to make Taylor <laughs> feel a little better, everybody, all right? All right, well, there's your World Series update as we go on live. Uh, Taylor, Vikings or Eagles, do you want to go or should I? I'll go since the Vikings are just below the Eagles. Record-wise, that is. Talent-wise, we're pretty I'm even. sitting on the throne, everybody. Taylor's I'm kidding. Below me. I'm kidding. I love it. Oh, wait. He doesn't need the <laughs> no, toilet. I didn't say toilet. Go well, ahead. I don't think so. Go uh, ahead, my friend. Anyways, no. <laughs> uh, no, the Vikings, they had a tough contest with the Ravens. A lot of people wanted to kind of overlook Baltimore with their 3-3 three and three record and the elite Joe Flacco not playing so much, but... Uh, Baltimore's defense, you know, that they're tough. They're stingy. And I kind of had to eat my words, you know, on Facebook after the game because I was slightly disappointed with the lack of points brought up. But some people kind of had to yell at me and say, hey, this Baltimore stingy defense, just be happy we had a field goal kicker that could kick if all I those break field in goals. Really quick, 1 1, the Dodgers have hit a home run. Jacob Peterson, We're home back. run to the right, 1-1, one, one, tied back. up, bottom of the fifth, Dodgers go ahead. Five. We're back, Dodgers <laughs> in five. I, I <laughs> right on, go ahead. Anyways, so our field goal, we apparently have found no more Blair Walsh because we don't need you. We have Kai Forbath, who kicked not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six field goals. On Sunday, one at 52, one at 51, one at 43, another one at 43, one at 34, and his final one is at 32. Now, do the Vikings have trouble after getting, you know, past the 50-yard line, moving the ball into scoring position and getting a touchdown? Absolutely. But I will touch on some key points. Case Keenum, after the that horrible interception he threw to start the game. Played well, did just enough, went 20 of 31 for 188 yards, did not throw for a touchdown, but he did not need to. Latavius Murray, I don't know where this guy came from on Sunday, but if he can run like this, this is going to be a very, very different and scary offense. 113 yards, one touchdown, broke off a couple of nice long ones, one for 35, I believe his touchdown was 20-some yards. I don't remember. It was right in there. Looked very well running the football. Um, that off- I think a lot of credit goes to, to that offensive line, uh, much improved offensive line. Uh, they're protecting Keenum. They're giving running backs holes to run through. I mean, it's, it's just uh, it, it amazes me how, many, how different this offensive line is uh, compared to last year. And while again, once again, Keenum didn't get sacked either, so that's that's another good thing. But um they were one they were without Stefan Diggs, 
groin injury. Uh, Thielen did okay. Uh, 41 yards, five receptions. Uh, Jarius Wright was the leader with 54 yards. Rudolph hauled in five for 43. Um, like I said, Murray with the touch, lone touchdown for the Vikings. Uh, McKinnon had 47 yards rushing. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we did just enough against the stingy Ravens defense to That's come away with the win. The uh, and I, and I will, I will say our defense, as stingy as the Baltimore's is, our defense was flying around that football field on Sunday. Uh, Eric Kendricks had 10 tackles. Uh, Anthony Barr had seven. Griffin had five and two sacks. Barr had a sack. Uh, Daniel Hunter had a sack. Uh, my not so distant, not even a relative, Tom Johnson <laughs> like had a sack. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, the, this defense was just flying all over the place. And it was, it's what I like to see and what I think Zimmer's really kind of preached upon is, you know, stop the offense. Don't give up a yard or two in the first two downs. You know, hold them to third and six or even longer. It, it seemed like any time they had to get six or more yards on third down, passing situation, that defense, I, I mean, just, the, the blitz packages that they can create then and you know disguising this and that and you got your linebackers flying around you got Harrison Smith flying around like when they get in obvious passing situations this defense is just scary because they get to the quarterback I think better than any team I've ever seen this year and it, it's amazing and Xavier Rhodes what a shutdown corner he is I think he had the ball thrown his way I want to say twice. It wasn't more than three times, I know that. So, I mean, they're not even looking his way anymore. And a couple games ago, they didn't even throw his way. So, I mean, road's closed. This defense is phenomenal. you got to keep it up. In London on Sunday, which I hate, playing the Browns. Got to get up at 8 in the morning. They got. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll eat pancakes with hey, the Vikings. Hey. That's fine. As long as they come away with the W, that's fine. You got to do what you got to do. I'm usually up at that time. (laughs) Fair enough. But no, the Vikings are 5-2. The Packers lost. So the Vikings are all alone in first place. The the way things have shook out this year and last year, 5-2, I'll take it right now. I I, I couldn't really be any happier than where they are right now. In the thick of things, I believe that the season ended now. They would be the two seed in the NFC, so I'll take it. And, of course, the one seed, your Philadelphia Eagles. And with that segue, here we go. What's not to like about the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm going to do this a little bit different than I've been doing, you know, kind of running down stats and whatnot, but that's not what I want to do tonight. The Eagles beat the Washington Redskins 34-24. to But that scoreline doesn't tell the story. Carson Wentz had his coming out party. I've heard, as we record today, Wednesday, October 25th, 2017, so for a day and a half, or two days now, I've heard that Wentz is now being in the discussion, not only as the frontrunner for most valuable player, but also that he is... The big word, elite. Oh, ooh. I like it for this reason, that analysts 
and football guys on not only your big national television shows, national tele- national talk radio, but your you know your city shows, you know your local local shows, radio, TV, everything. People are taking notice, and that is what I like. Am I saying he's elite? I will say now again, being a diehard Eagles fan my whole life, he is close. He's right there. But he's not there yet. So even these guys are even higher than I am on him, which is fine. But I like at least that he's getting the accolades he deserves. That's all I care about. I don't, you know, elite, not elite. Uh, that's a that's a wash a piece. Uh, you know, I can I can deal with that. Carson Wentz had the had an amazing game. Had another. Just, he took care of the ball except for one play. Early on in the game, before he started his touchdown throwing, he basically threw a punt. I mean, for lack of a better word, he threw a punt. He overthrew Torrey Smith by about 10 yards. And, you know, easy interception. You know, the D-back looks, looks over his shoulder, you know, right in the bread basket. And that was the end of it. Carson went 17 for 25, 268 yards, four touchdowns, and the one lone interception. That was his one mistake. Carson Wentz also leading the team in rushing for the game. We'll get to this one play. That was probably the most amazing play I've seen all year. We'll get to that. The run game, not just not really working. Carson Wentz leading the team. I don't like that. I Obviously, I mean, what fan would? Wanting your quarterback leading the team in rushing. I don't want Wentz to be Cam Newton personally. But you know what? It got us the win. That's fine. Let's go to some of these touchdowns. Zach Ertz, the touchdown uh, was a little bit of a was a route toward the uh, left pylon. Zach Ertz looks back, catches the ball, turns his head. DJ Swearinger is right there. Zach Ertz is a professional football player. He knows where Swearinger's gonna be. He knows exactly where he's gonna try and take him out. Ertz stops on a dime. Jukes lets Swearinger use uses Swearinger's momentum against him, puts his hand on Swearinger's back, and pushes him out of the way. Easy score, just trots into the end zone, no problem. Matt Collins, who a wide receiver for the Eagles, rookie this year out of North Carolina, North Carolina Tar Heel, Matt Collins, number ten. Deshaun Jackson's old number, but we'll just leave that alone. Matt Collins is earning himself playing time. And this is one reason why. Matt Collins goes, he just runs a simple fly route, just makes one move, he hitches his hips, he goes, he takes off, and once again, DJ Swearinger, man on the touchdown, once again, he burns Swearinger, hits, I mean, he's he's at least five yards ahead of him. I mean, he absolutely torches the man. It, it, I almost felt bad for the man, it, just a little bit, it, close, but I, but I didn't. I, I almost did. Matt Collins hits the touchdown. Carson Wentz dumps it right into the bread basket. Matt Collins looks over his shoulder right there, easy as you like. Touchdown. Matt Collins does the backpack kid dance, whatever the hell that is. My dad, I, I was watching the game with my pops. Uh, how's it going, Dad? Love you. 
watching the game with my father, and my father said, what the hell is that? And I said, I said, I don't know. So I grabbed my phone, I looked it up, and apparently it's called the Backpack Kid Dance. I don't, Taylor, I don't know what these young kids are talking about anymore, but that's apparently what he did. Point is, Mac Hollins is earning more playing time. I want to see him get more balls thrown his way because he's proving that he can be a burner that Torrey Smith was that Torrey Smith was brought in to be. So Mac Collins, I definitely want him to get more looks. The Corey Clement touchdown. This was my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Carson Wentz, you know, he steps up into the pocket. He kind of throws uh, off balance a little bit, kind of awkward throw. And I didn't like the throw for one reason. Love the catch. We'll get to that. Taylor's Wisconsin alum, Corey Clement, will get to the love of my play for him. I don't like the throw because Wentz could possibly get his arm, his wrist knocked, and that just throws the pass off, and Corey Clement doesn't catch the touchdown. So that on Wentz. On Clement. Clement jumps. He's jumping. He's falling backwards already as he's jumping. He catches the ball basically not with his hand, but he bends his arm, his four, his triceps back, and and catches the ball in between his forearm and his bicep and holds it there as he's falling backwards and has the wherewithal and the know-how of where he is exactly to tap the back of his two feet into the end zone as he's falling backwards. This entire this entire catch was in the span of 1.4 seconds, and he did all of that. He did all of that perfectly. I was shocked he stayed in bounds. Corey Clement is a great player. Now, Taylor Taylor brought up to me that we should give Corey Clement a little bit more of a run, and you know what? I like the three-back system that we have. Blunt, Smallwood, Clement. But that touchdown, man, oh, man, I <laughs> that one excited me. That play and this other play that I'll get to, get into really just just absolutely amped me up. And this is my favorite play of the year, everybody. Carson Wentz. He's dropping back. He's looking to pass. He's look. He's looking. He's checking his reads. First read, second read, third read. Nothing there. Sees the pocket collapse around him. Oh no! Here we go. Pocket collapses. It implodes on him. I thought he went down. He had to have gone down, right? You know, he's there for one, two seconds, and then all of a sudden, Jason Kelsey moves just a tiny bit. Number 62, the Eagles center, Jason Kelsey moves just a touch, and Carson Wentz explodes out of the hole. Somehow, the Redskins players, they had a, they had a gra- grasp on his legs, and he just shook him off, and he's like, get off of me, and he runs for, let's see here, his longest run of the day, that was his longest run, that was a 21-yard run. Absolutely amazing play. Taylor, did you see this? He should have been called, they, they should have called it dead. That's called actually what my father said. Forward progress. My father was, actually said, yeah. I'm surprised that they let it go on. And I said... And I, yep, that's another case, that's another case of the refs going for Philly. Oh boy. That's okay. fine. I was going to say, I'm going to leave that one alone. No, that's a pretty close one. I think uh, uh, if the ref didn't blow his whistle, he was damn right, close right. because that was very, very near Absolutely. calling it dead. 
And uh, the la- another play, another run that Carson Wentz did where he actually slid first. He actually went head first on this on this run. Oh, gee, Lord above. And on on another, he went feet first and he slid. It looked like he actually took a forearm to the head, an elbow to the head. Apparently not. The rest didn't call anything. I was livid. I obviously my prized franchise quarterback. I don't like. I don't ever want to see that. I was furious. Apparently that's not a foul. It looked like he took an elbow to the head. Absolutely, I don't want to see that. Apparently nothing doing. And the last touchdown for the one to Nelson Aguilar was kind of a was more of a routine play. Nelson Aguilar in the slot. He's absolutely had a resurgence. This offense possibly could be the best offense in football. Onto the defense. The defense did what they do. The number two rush defense in the league. Malcolm Jenkins had a really quiet big day. Ten tackles. One sack. One quarterback hit that sack. Malcolm Jenkins came unblocked. He, he looked, he kind of, he, he shadowed that he was going to go into pass coverage. He waited. He waited for, for Kirk Cousins to start going through his reads and Jenkins took off and came and just absolutely, he basically threw him down by the head, which I kind of loved given, uh, Redskins and the air quotes eagle killer. Uh, Kirk Cousins a little bit extra oomph. I kind of like that a little bit. Also, Corey Graham, uh, 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 I'm forgetting his name, Patrick Robinson, first-round pick, 2009 for the New Orleans Saints, went out. I thought he wasn't going to make it out under his own power. He had a le- looked like a leg and a knee injury, a heaven above. Again, we're decimated at D-back right now. Thankfully, Robinson was able to walk out uh, often under his own power, a little bit of a limp. Corey Graham comes in. I was a little scared. I like Corey Graham. He's just, obviously, there's a reason he's not a starter. It's nothing against Corey Graham. It's, it is what it is. The very next play, Kirk Cousins throws a pick to Corey Graham. Corey Graham, thank you. I'll take that. And it just, absolutely, the defense was great. Also, the last bit on the defense that I will say, actually, two little bits. Derek Burnett, our first-round pick, a rookie this year. Derek Burnett was in Kirk Cousins' face all night long. I remember seeing a GIF. There's a GIF, actually a bunch of GIFs, on one of the Philly websites of Derek Burnett absolutely terrorizing that offensive line. The one that I saw was they put Jordan Reed on Derek Burnett. Sorry, that's not going to work. He took Jordan Reed and just threw him aside like he was nothing. Derek Burnett is a smaller defensive end, but the guy has no quit. He absolutely is an animal, and I love that he just never gives up. Absolutely first-class player on just what I like from my Eagles. Lastly, Nigel Bradham had a good day. Three tackles, one tackle for a loss on a big hit. Also on Kirk Cousins, he came through unblocked. He says, all right, you're not going to block me. I'll take advantage. I'll take this. Nigel Bradham is a nice, is a is a very good, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, team spiritual leader, spiritual team leader, and especially he had to step up after the couple of injuries that happened, which I will go into right now. Jordan Hicks, a starting middle linebacker, went down, was revealed today, or yesterday, excuse me, that he had a torn Achilles out for the year. Boy, we had Joe Walker back there, Najee Good, 
both uh, team favorites, favorites of mine, just, you know, but the reason they're not starting on one of the Redskins' touchdowns was Najee Good's fault. Chris Thompson was going on a wheel route. Najee Good kind of jerked one way and jerked the other way, and he stopped. And Chris Thompson was his responsibility. Thompson just went trotting into the end zone. I hated that. And the bigger one, Jason Peters went down after getting rung up on on his right knee. Actually, Taylor, Brandon Sheriff actually got rolled up on on the same leg. It was actually the same play. They both got rolled up on on the same play, the exact same injury it looked like, even though Sheriff's was obviously less than Peters was because Sheriff was shown to be walking uh, walking a little bit on the sidelines of Thank God he's oh, seems to be okay. Jason Peters, a, a torn ACL and MCL. Jason is a Ouch. Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer, no question. One of the best offensive linemen ever. Taylor being 35, I was asked this question, is Jason Peters done? Jason Peters is a fighter. I never want to count him out. But at 36, I don't see it. Do you? It'll be tough to come yeah, back from something wanting like to that. Rehab yeah. that hard to rehab two thirds of your knee, but also to be in football shape. I don't know, man. I don't know. I. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough to come know. back from that age. Exactly. I, don't know I, I felt terrible for him. But the one thing that I loved my, First favorite name that I love to say in sports. Taylor, you know what the second one is. Your, your Milwaukee Buck that I picked to win most valuable player last year or this year, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Love saying that name. Would I love to even say even more? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to need to clear my throat for this one. Halapulavati Vaitai. Absolutely love that name. The first time. What Nailed was that? It. Oh, I've said that Nailed name so it. many times since he's been drafted. I, I have it down just abs. I could just throw it out just on a whim. <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> Anyways, joking aside, back to Jason Peters. What I love about Jason Peters is that he said after the game, they said, what did you say to Vitae as you were being carted off? He said, I was coaching him. He said, I don't care about me. I'm coaching him to make sure we get the win. I don't care about me being injured. I'm going to make sure that he can win. He he told him, and I quote, he said, he said, get a two-step, keep your composure, and you'll be fine. You know, don't don't overset. Keep your composure. You'll be fine. Get your two-step in and just roll with it. Just calm down and you'll be fine. I absolutely love that. He said, forget about me. I'm done. I'm done for the year, possibly. I'm going to make sure that my replacement gets in the right mindset to come in because Vitae, when Johnson went out with the concussion for a game or two, Vitae was a turnstile. And Peters just said, come over here and just let me get some words into you. You need, this is your time now. They brought in Taylor Hart, a former defensive end, uh, uh, transformed into an offensive lineman. I actually wanted Brandon Albert or Orlando Franklin, two veteran uh, offensive linemen who are currently free agents. I wanted one of them, so I don't like the Taylor Hart pick. I like him as a guy, as a player. I just, you know, 
with where we're at at six and one, I didn't like it. And also, lastly, Jake Elliott, for the first time since week two, missed his first field goal. Ah, dang. After the 61 targeter, ah, dang. And I read on one of my favorite Eagles websites, the headline just said, Jake Elliott misses a field goal. Cut him now. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's horrible. horrible. Just cut him now. Blair Walsh. Get rid of him. <laughs> uh, but in the, in the end, it was a great game. It was awesome to beat the Redskins, not once, but twice, having a commanding lead on the AFC East, and I am in a good mood right now. Six and one. Fly, Eagles, fly. Taylor, before we go on to our power rankings and our weekly picks, I'm going to make a statement. Uh-oh. The Eagles will Uh-oh, be eight boy. and one. And I will reevaluate when the Broncos come to town. But they are going eight and one. The next two games are sewn up. Eight and one. We have San Fr- we have San Francisco this weekend and Bobity Boom. I can't even remember. Who cares? Eight and one. Who cares? He says. Oh boy! Just, I right, wanted well. that to be on the record so people can get on me if I'm wrong or I can gloat if I'm right. Carson Wentz better throw for 500 yards, 17 touchdowns. 17 touchdowns in a game. I don't know if I want him throing that much. He, he threw. He threw way more than he should have last year. I, I want the run game to take some part. Uh no, he should. If he doesn't have a big I, game, no, I'd trust be me, I would too. Don't get me wrong. All right, and that does it for our individual team coverage. Without me forgetting, this week we will jump right into our power rankings. Taylor, I will go first. Bottom up. Thirty-two. I have the Browns. Thirty-one. I have the Forty Niners. Thirty. I have the Cardinals. Twenty-nine. I have the Colts. And twenty-eight. I have the lowly Baltimore Ravens. Go ahead. All right, 32, I have the Browns because that whole team is a mess. Uh, 31, I got the Niners. 30, I got the Giants. 29, the Colts. And at 28, 28, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. going to ask you to explain that one. I don't uh, like them fair, right now. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Uh, no, that's, I just all don't. right. All right, and top five. I will once again go first. Five, I have the Steelers. Four, I have the Rams. Three, I have the Patriots. Two, I have the Chiefs. And number one, six and one, Philadelphia Oh, here Eagles. we go, yep. Here we go. So if, if the Chiefs wouldn't have had those two losses in a row, I could possibly toss them at one. But, hey, I'm not the one playing here. Get that champagne ready now. Book your t- Philadelphia, book your tickets for Minneapolis Taylor's for the Super Bowl. Taylor's just trying to jinx us, Philly fans. Don't pay it no mind. Let it go. Number number five, I got the Vikings. Number four, Patriots. Number three, and probably the best story of the NFL, the Rams. Number two, the Chiefs. Number oh, one, and the hold the phone. He complains and moans and grumbles about... Okay. Fair enough. Okay, I see how it is. All right, fine. I see how it is. Carson Wentz is coming home to play the Super Bowl. Not Fargo, but close enough. I'm just going to let that go. 
My computer is slowing up on me, trying to pull up for power rankings. All right, here we go. And our last segment of the night, our weekly power rankings. Currently, I am ahead at 61 and 45 to Taylor's 59 and 47. That ain't right either. There's no way that's right. I got it. I'm... Taylor's still protesting. He keeps saying he's going to look at it, and he comes in with no info. I don't know what he wants from me. I don't know what you. I don't know <laughs> what you want, man. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, October twenty sixth. Riveting Miami Dolphins at Baltimore Ravens. Yippee! Sign me up. Get glued to your TV on this Ravens. one. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens. I think I have the same reaction uh, to my father on Monday night when I told him that that was the game. I can't remember what he said, but I reacted the same way. London, England, Minnesota Vikings versus Cleveland Browns. Give me the Vikings. A cheerio. Are you going to wake up early and watch it? I'll take the Vikings. A London, England. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm going to let it go. I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> hip, hip, Raiders at Buffalo Bills. Are you going to watch the Vikings? I don't like Oakland's defense. Derek Carr has been kind of wishy-washy except for last week. Amari Cooper, I had him on my bench in fantasy last week, like 42 points on my bench. Yes, it does suck. Give me the Bills. <laughs> uh I think last week was a weird fluke for Oakland. I'll also take the Bills. Colts at Bengals. Give me the Colts. I will take the Bengals. I will take the Bengals. First difference. First of many, I got a feeling. Oh, boy. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Los Angeles Rams at... Patriots. Give me the Patriots. It's the Chargers. That I'm sorry, Patriots. Chargers. Yes, the yes. I, I apologize. I see what you're trying to Los do Angeles here. You're trying to go me, to me and whatnot. <laughs> That's my, my bad, everybody. This is why this crap is under protest. I'm still picking the page. All that. <laughs> Chicago at the Saints. Give me the Saints. I mean, Trubisky throws four. It goes Tim Tebow and throws four passes in a game. He's not beating the Saints. The defense is rolling right now. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the Saints. Although the Bears did win, didn't they? Yeah, Tim Tebow special, yep. Atlanta at New York Jets. The Jets are looking good right now. Atlanta's got to do something. Give me the Falcons. You could take the Falcons, but I don't. Their offense is horrible, and I think I got it nailed down to Steve Sarkeesian being their offensive coordinator. I don't know what he's done to that offense, but it's not working, and I don't think they're going to get it figured out. I'll okay, take a jet. Second difference. San Francisco. 
come to the link at Philly. Do we even have Philly? Do we even have Philly? Everybody, just real quick, the Eagles have lost like three home games in like the last three years. Give me the Eagles. (laughs) 49ers. Are they like are they a semi pro team masquerading as an ad? Ah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ooh, wow. Taylor, go ahead. I know there's nobody in Santa Clara showing up to watch them. Tickets for cheap. Yeah, I'll pick the Eagles. Up next, Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, great matchup. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Taylor is a little bit lower on them than I am, but I don't really like them that much either. And Carolina, after fighting the Eagles hard and pushing us to the brink, they flounder and get beat by the Bears. Can I pick a tie? Is that is that possible? Am, am I allowed? I got to pick one. Uh, give me the Panthers. Yeah, I'll take Carolina. To yeah, I'll take Carolina to bounce back. You could pick a tie. Technically, I guess I could. Houston at Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, going into enemy confines of the 12th man. Deshaun Watson is rolling. Give me the Texans. Give me Seattle at home. Russell Wilson's playing a lot better now than he was three, four weeks ago. Third difference. Dallas Cowboys at the Eagle Killer, quote-unquote, Kirk Cousins, Washington. Dallas Cowboys beat the 49ers. Other than that, they've played nobody. Give me Washington. I'm still mad they left all that time for Aaron Rodgers. I'm still not over that. Like, that was just horrible. With that being said, I'm taking the Cowboys. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers at Detroit Lions. The Steelers seem to be turning it around a little bit. With the U-turn, give me the Steelers. Yeah, Detroit coming off a bye, but I think Pittsburgh fine. I think that uh, that embarrassment at, against Jacksonville kind of woke them up. I'll take the Steelers. And finally, Monday Night Football. The Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver is a shell of the team that started this year and that decimated the Cowboys. The Cowboys looked decent to start the year. God, that's like poison in my mouth to say. But this is the Chiefs. They've lost two. They can't be this bad. Not to say that they're horrid, because, you know, I mean, they got beat by the Patriots. Kansas City is better than this. Denver is too bad right now. Give me the Chiefs. <sighs> Trevor Simeon's turned back into Trevor Simeon. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sold on him. The Broncos are not the intimidating Broncos. It's an arrowhead. I didn't even notice that until now. Yep. That's... I got one more. I got a little gripe, though. How many primetime games is Kansas City going to get this year? I don't know. Honestly, they st- they started the season on Thursday night. I believe they had a Monday night game a couple weeks ago. 
Now they just had a Thursday night game. Now they got another Monday night game. Apparently the NFL is in love with the Chiefs this year, but I'm taking Kansas City. Probably see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl the way this is going. You never know. Chiefs and Eagles, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> Taylor's calling it right now. You want me to write that one down? Absolutely okay, not. Okay, all right. Absolutely not. He's just joking. All right, and with that, we've reached the end of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 45. Always remember, many forms of ways to contact us, Skype us, Skype, sign in, search for us, Global Dynasty STR, a lowercase, or technically, I guess you could capitalize Global Dynasty and all that. I mean, it should pull up, pull it up no matter what, but it should all be lowercase, all kind of all together. That should pull it up the easiest way. Call in, be a guest host for a couple of minutes, say your piece, mention something that we have talked about that you want to get get your say in on, mention something that we haven't talked about that you say, hey, you guys missed this, and we'll gladly oblige you and let you lead the way. Email in BlakeGlobalDynasty at gmail.com, TaylorGlobalDynasty at gmail.com. We will read and respond to your emails live on the air. Facebook.com slash GlobalDynastySTR, our main hub for everything that we do. All of our episodes, breaking news, sporting news, interactive bits, all in one place, and I know Taylor hates this, but make sure to like us or thumb up us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Global Dynasty STR. Let's build Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio together, everybody. Just like us. Thumb up us sounds horrible. Like us on the Facebook, and let's grow together, everybody. Lastly, but surely not least, the SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Global Dynasty STR. All of our episodes, all under one place, at your fingertips, for your listening pleasure. All you need is an internet connection. That's right. All you need to be is connected to the internet. Go to our SoundCloud, and all of your episodes are right there. All 45 in chronological order. This is episode 45, plus our special editions, Make 50+. plus. Go there, listen to us on SoundCloud. Or you can find us on iTunes, search for us, Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, should pop right up. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and never miss another Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio episode ever again. And before we get out of here, Taylor, any final words? I do. I have a World Series update. Top top of the seventh, Dodgers three, Houston one. Dodgers in five, it's alive. And that said, that brings episode 45 to a close. Make sure to join us next week for episode 46. For Taylor Johnson, I'm Blake Plonsky, and we will see you next week on Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio for episode 46. And we are out. Peace. I own everything that comes in my way. Pedal to the metal because I'm strapped for time. Gotta keep my wits from slipping sideways That's how life goes upon the open road Give me the keys, I'm back in my seat Turn up the heat, get the bump in the beat Picking up speed when I don't see police Keeping the street cause they be on the creep Street to street, we pass it by Moving along in overdrive Spitting freestyles to pass the time Losing my mind, the longer the ride Can't put them aside to give it the rest No clothes on my eyes, gotta give it my best Stay in the lines and try not to wreck Straining my neck on this difficult track I gotta stay focused though Fly, never been coasting slow Grind, steady on overload Find us up on that open road Driving all alone up on the highway 
Open opportunity don't pass me by Try to stay awake up in the right lane Those ain't trying to keep it open I own everything that comes in my way Pedal to the metal cause I'm strapped for time Gotta keep my wisdom from slipping sideways That's how life goes, Pony 